Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. and welcome to Come For Supper. I'm Alexandra Dudley, food writer, cook and cereal dinner party host. So I thought it'd be fun to sit down with people who share that love for food, chat about life and learn a little bit more about how they like to serve supper. I speak to chefs, restaurateurs, artists, actors, authors and pretty much anyone who likes to entertain. If you're new to the podcast, make sure you click subscribe and if you enjoy it, Rate it, review it, share it, and tell your friends, as it makes all the difference. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back to the studio. Today, I am joined by an author, broadcaster, and an entrepreneur. With over 30 years' experience in the food industry, she has written not one, but 12 cookbooks, as well as writing for multiple publications, including The Telegraph, where she was food writer for a decade. She has graced our televisions more than once, appearing on the likes of ITV's This Morning, Ready Steady Cook, and the much-loved BBC Two programme, The Big Allotment Challenge, where she acted as food judge. She also founded the highly acclaimed Oldborough Cookery School, which was consistently voted as one of the top culinary institutions in the UK. She is the wonderful Thane Prince. Hello. Hello. Lovely to be here. Lovely to have you here. Thank you for coming. Where have you come from this morning? Have you travelled far? No, I live at Angel. Oh, very easy. Very easy. In fact, I went to see my daughter who works in Liverpool Street for lunch because you said it was near Liverpool Street. Yeah. And I thought, no, no, this is kind of shortage. Oh, oh. It's fine. It's oh, good. It's perfect. Perfect. It's good. Okay, good. So you've perfect. had lunch. I've had lunch. Well fed. Very important. Very well fed. So I've I've read many articles on you and this morning <laughs> I found one. <laughs> well, you've got to do it. Gosh. That... Des- described you as starting your career at the Telegraph, which I found a very it's a very impressive place to start your career. Shall um, I tell you how that happened? Well, I was just going to ask. There must be some backstory towards that. Of course, that. there is. I used to be a nurse. I mean, my actual career was that I trained to be a nurse wow. at Middlesex, and I was a ward sister. Really? And now you're looking at me. I think and you you'd can be a great see sister. The blue dress, I can the little white hat. I can see it. The perfectly straight beds. Absolutely. <laughs> I can definitely see it. So you anyway, did that. so I did that, and then I got married and had children. My husband travelled a lot, and so I kind of promised myself I would do something I could do at home. So I went to night school, um, City Road, you know, the university to uh-huh. do a journalism. Of yeah. course. And I thought I'd be like the lady, you know, ask Sister Thane yes, about yes, yes, little Johnny Spots or yeah. something or, you know. Like yeah. the new Dr. Spock. The new Dr. Spock. Or, yes, um, why doesn't he love me anymore? Is it because he's got three girlfriends? This sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's kind of what I, th- I was aiming for. But I shared a car run with someone who wrote for The Telegraph, who was actually worked at The Telegraph. Mm-hmm. And I used to talk food with him a lot. And I just thought, he said, why don't you write about food? And so I did, and it was published. And my teacher at night school had never had a student published in a major newspaper in all her years. And so she thought I was amazing. Um, And it was amazing, but I knew someone. What can I say? 
Yeah, I mean, you obviously had the kind of drive for it. Well, I think that um, I'm always honest about how I got the job. Yeah. Because then I kept it for 10 years, mm-hmm. and that's Which a very is the different hard thing. Part. That's the it's hard com- part. Yeah, I mean, I, it's rare to have. Yes. Something I mean, that everyone hard. needs a break somewhere. It's someone you know, or it's how mm-hmm. you stumbled into the office when somebody else had just stormed yeah. out in a half, or there's something. And you all need that break. But if you get that break, it's what you do with the break when yeah. you've got it that I think is Well, I always say it's like getting your foot in the door, you know, yeah. pe- get, getting in front of people. If you're rubbish, they're not going to keep you there. No, they're not. So <laughs> Exactly. So I was very, very lucky. And um, it was just, it just worked for me. Mm-hmm. And what about earlier on, like when you were a young girl, was food something that you were interested in? Um, yes. I mean, I think the start of it was that my mother was a very good cook Mm -hmm. and we had family meals around the table because I'm of that era where you all sat down and ate and you all sat down and ate the one thing Mm -hmm. that was served to you there was not a a sort of multiple choice of meals (laughs) but I grew up well these days you know you can you can have Chinese Indian no it's so true (laughs) but I can hear my mother saying that I'm only going to cook one thing in my day it was one thing and there were not all these different options (laughs) I'm just going to cook one thing (laughs) absolutely I am your mother what can I say but I grew up near the sea um, in Hunstanton I was born in Hunston. Oh, in lovely. Norfolk. I'm a Norfolk girl. Are you? Yeah. Okay, where? Like um, Burnham Deepdale, so Brancaster. Oh, right. yeah. But I, you know, I spend a lot of time in Hunstanton. Yes. Well, I grew up on the coast. You know where the lighthouse is? Yes. That end. And so every single day we'd walk down to the beach. Oh, that's a fantastic place. And, in the summer. And my mother would do something that I do now, which is the best thing ever. And I do it with my, I do it with my grandchildren on the beach at um, Cly this summer. It's like a loaf of bread, some butter, jam, cheese, and you know, ham or something, and then I make the sandwiches as you need them. Perfect. So, so people come rushing and say, "I need a sandwich. What do you want? Jam?" And just make them. And we used to, did that every day. Any sand, sand, sand issues? No, sand because issues everything's kept above sand level because okay. I can't bear sand in sandwiches. Yeah, yeah. Sand like, in sandwiches like, are not good. Oh, it's like the grit. If you if you have an egg sandwich and someone's left a teensy tiny mm. bit of shell and you get it and your whole mouth goes. I, I was going to say grit, really? grit in vegetables, no. which I, horrible, horrible, yeah, not good. So, and we'd go to the beach and we'd get shrimps and crabs and things, and it was lovely. So delicious. Mm. So, do you spend time there now these days? I have done since I had grandchildren. Um, we, I take them because again they live at Finsbury Park, which is yeah, um, easy. easy. King's Cross, easy. that train. that's right. And so we head off to Norfolk, and um, we stay usually for a week in the summer, uh-huh. and we stay in a little cottage which is in an orchard, and so they can sort of get chickens, see chickens and get the eggs and All pick nice. apples Very and things. Nice. All that sort of stuff Very that humble. grannies should be doing yeah. with their Simple. grandchildren. Then I rush back and uh, reacquaint myself with my cocktail. <laughs> Perfect. Okay, so so you see so going back to the Telegraph, you yes. were there for you were there for ten years, ten a decade. Years. Yes. That's a that's uh, a long time. It was a long time and in those days I wrote the entire food page. Yeah. Um, we didn't have multiple writers there was just me and I did I did it all so it was a, a full page a uh, a week and it's quite full on did you see because it's I was going to ask did, the food must have changed a lot throughout that time you must have I oh, mean, yes. especially in restaurants did you see a mass a big change in a huge change in restaurants but the the thing was it was the availability of ingredients I remember saying to David Sainsbury there's this stuff called balsamic vinegar. I really think you should stock it. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I don't know if it's your first book, but Quick Cook was yes, that your that was first? My first? That book. was the first book. So I was reading a blurb for it, which made me laugh. Which I tried to make my boyfriend laugh, and he didn't find it nearly as funny as me. But I hope that some listeners will find it amusing. <laughs> so it says. Thane Prince's recipes are designed to tempt people who love to eat but believe that there's more to life than slaving over the stove. She uses all ingredients from the world's larder now available to the shopper, from fresh pasta to sun-dried tomatoes and lamb's lettuce. Her 15 to 30-minute meals combine flavours, colours and textures. 
I mean, first of all, talk about being ahead of your time. You know, you, you did the 30-minute meal way before Jamie Oliver. I did, or anybody I did. else. Or anyone else. <laughs> or anyone else. But also it's this now available to the shopper, the idea of kind of pasta and, I mean, fresh Albert, pasta, fresh pasta yeah. but also sun-dried tomatoes. There's oh. something that you can think, you know, Sainsbury's Basics do sun-dried well, tomatoes. Well, absolutely. And so there's been this vast change. I mean, when I was doing Ready, Steady, Cook, I was on a book tour for one of my books. And... The, the sort of before and after Ready Steady Cook, where people knew what coriander was. Yeah. I mean, coriander is quite a new flavour for and this avocados, country. Avocados, yeah. Avocado pears, avocado pears, avocado pears, and and that you don't cook them; they're not pears. <laughs> yeah. You know, and I mean, I had people actually say to me, "Well, I tried cooking. I poached some of those avocado pears <laughs> the other day, and they weren't very nice." And you, and you know, why wouldn't you? Yeah, it's a pear. Do you remember any other kind of specific ingredients or kind of moments in, 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 in or in recipe writing, something um, kind of pinnacle? Yes, I think the the use of olive oil has mm-hmm. been dramatic, dramatically changed. Yeah. The um, EVVO, EVOO, yeah, yeah. extra virgin olive yeah. oil, which now everybody uses. I mean, I'm not saying everyone has it in their kitchen, but I think it would be quite hard to find kitchens that didn't have some olive oil in. And that's been a huge, huge change. The embracing of the sort of Mediterranean. Um, I mean, we go round and round in circles with food, but I think basics, core things are Mediterranean food and and sort of real ingredients, and they'll mm-hmm. always be there. That's nice. Pickles are very trendy these days. They are, yes. Far beyond the Christmas chutney. And, and when it comes to pickling, you are you are an expert. You are the expert. Well, I'm I am an expert in, in my field. I'm outstanding in my field, like those cows you see. <laughs> <laughs> outstanding in their field. Um, anyway, yes, I am. But I mean, I'm afraid my pickles are quite old-fashioned ones. Okay, I don't do a lot of fermentation. I was going to ask you, because you've written a few books on them. I have. And then your most recent one, Perfect Preserves, what I was actually going to ask, what kind of things are, we, are in there? Is it kind of Christmas pear chutney or yes. are there a little bit more? The idea of perfect preserves was came from the Classics. show Big Allotment Challenge. Okay. Yeah. And it was to say to people, you can, always, you can make all these things um, and they're fairly simple to make. But they are... Um, you know, set jams rather than mm-hmm. the, the modern runny ones because runny ones don't keep very well. Now then, there's it's a lot to do with the sugar content, it's, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. It's, and it's also there's a lot you don't necessarily need to have your jam keep so long now. Yes. But I was making a traditional. It was a traditional book, so that if you wanted to start with the basics, mm-hmm. you would you would find that. That said, it does have kimchi and it does have one or two. Which is definitely not, you know, definitely. overtly traditional. Not overtly traditional, and there's a lot of flavoured spirits in there. Getting back to nice, my glad beloved, to, glad to hear that. beloved cocktail. Tray. So it's kind of slow gin and yes, but also my favourite, which you will be able to make very very soon, which is cranberry and orange vodka. Oh yum! Perfect. So what you Christmas. do is you yes yeah, smash up some cranberries, and it's better if you've got fresh ones, mm-hmm. and they will be in the shops quite soon. Bottle of vodka, zest of an orange. Let it macerate, strain it, add sugar, stick it in the freezer. That's it. And it's just Done. amazing. Do you do that for Christmas presents? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, yeah. Would, I could say. Yeah. That. Or what about after dinner cocktails? Yes, it's it's perfect. I mean, if you, it's lovely to have. I've got some really little old antique... D- diddy little glasses. Diddle, yes, nice. diddy little glasses. And when it's really cold and jellied, it's yeah. almost frozen. Oh, it's so just, delicious. And it's the most beautiful colour. Yum. So it's very good. So it's, it's, it's what has got a bit of a cranberry pinky hue. Oh, no, it's, it's a deep red oh, cranberry wow. red it's just fabulous and so i mean then there's lots of things you can put into spirits to make mm. your own i mean you can make your own coffee liqueur that's in there you can make your Delicious. own peach brandy all these things that you would normally buy you can make quite easily and and um, 
I think the basic of what I've always felt is if you make the food yourself, you put into it what you like, but you mm -hmm. also know exactly what you're putting into it. So, you know, for instance, you will not find a block margarine in my house mm -hmm. because butter, you know, what's wrong with butter? Yeah. God gave us nothing butter. is Many, wrong with butter. Nothing is wrong with butter. Butter is one of my essential ingredients. Yeah, butter is an important ingredient. <laughs> an important ingredient. And so, you know, I only use the things that I like. And mm -hmm. you, so you have total control. The other thing is when you're making the jam, if you make it yourself, you think to yourself, bugger, this is a lot of sugar. Mm. And so you know how much sugar is in. So you think to yourself, well, actually, if I'm having a spoonful of this jam, that is like two spoonfuls of sugar. And, and you understand it. I always think that when you're baking for yourself and you're kind of shocked by the fact that you've put, you know, a whole pat of butter in there mm -hmm. and maybe kind of half a kilo of sugar. Yeah. It just makes me question how much sugar and other weird stuff must be in things that just don't go off for kind of months oh, that's and right. months. No, well, I mean, the things that don't go off for months and months are usually full of some sort of chemical Weird preservatives, preservatives. Yeah. And that's what I don't like. Things should go off. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, things you know, definitely should go off. We're aging. I mean, not you, but me. And, you know, and a cake things should, should age off. too. Cake <laughs> should age for God's sake. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about entertaining. Mm -hmm. I, do you like to entertain? Love to entertain. So, what's yeah. it like? Let's talk talk me through kind of an evening. Do you do a kind of well, obviously a bit of a, a bit of a cocktail starter, main yes. pudding, maybe something autumnal, given that it is autumn. Yeah, I mean, I have a big. I mean, I live in I live in Islington in a, one of those three story houses, mm -hmm. and so the basement is the kitchen dining room. So you have to be a bit careful of you know not overstretching yourself because mm -hmm. you can't walk into a dining room and find that you know it's all full of pots with things burnt and sticking <laughs> you know and when you you have to be careful about the cocktails i have actually strained the pasta into the sink and forgotten to put the calendar underneath <laughs> it when people were in the room so you know there are there are things that happen so now i tend to if i'm going to do a starter it will be something really really simple mm -hmm. like some chorizo i have a, a flat in malaga a little tiny one bedroom Lovely. flat right in the old city which is beautiful it's one bedroom says so no one can come and stay <laughs> no entertaining there no entertaining well yes they can come and stay in a hotel but they're not kind of you know yeah it's your space. space it's yep. kind of an escape and my husband and i escape there when we can and so I'll bring back chorizo or some manchego or mm -hmm. something like that. So it tends Delicious. to be something like that. Also well, very lovely good big... with cocktails. Very good with cocktails, yes. And sherry, you see, I love sherry. Mm. Cold sherry. So that would be the starter. And then I will do... I do all sorts of things as a main. I'm quite keen on cooking fish. Mm -hmm. Well, um, that's quite risky. Cooking fish mm. for when entertaining is... I mean, are we talking pan-fried fish or are we talking... No, we're talking baked in, in the oven. Baked in the yeah, oven. Okay. Fish, yeah. baked in the or oven on the barbecue. The I have this... Best Great. ever recipe for salmon on the barbecue. Ooh. Can you can you briefly share it? Yes, I can. You get a whole side of salmon. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then you get a piece skin of, on skin on, skin and then on. you put it on a piece of tin foil, mm -hmm. which is going to be the the trick. Then you cut it in uh, at about mm, inch long slices, but not through the skins. So, and then you stick a bit of spring onion. You remember, you know, oh, Japanese nice. restaurants have yeah. like when they're making kebabs, they put a bit of spring onion. Yeah, and it kind of chars. Kebabs. Yes, teriyaki. Is yes, that what it's called. No, I think yeah, it could be teriyaki. It's the, no. I know what you mean. Anyway, so you put the, to open the salmon out, then you sprinkle whatever seasoning you like on top and cook it on the barbecue for eight minutes. Perfect. And then when Ra you, you wrap it up? No, no, you okay, leave it you open. Because then the edges get all crispy and there's so much fat in salmon mm. that you don't need. And to it, oil it. Yeah, eight to ten minutes. Make Perfect. sure. It, and then it's just delicious. It's really easy. And you don't have a fishy smelling kitchen. No, you don't want a fishy smelling kitchen. No, that's no. always the reason why. I, that's why I was like, gosh, mm. are you pan frying no, no, fish? Never, I have tried never. to do that in the past. No, and failed. Never, 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 never. 
So a nice, a nice kind of bung it in the oven or barbecue supper. Uh, yes, main. And then what about pudding? Do we do we have pudding? Yes, we do. We always have pudding because good. it's my husband's pudding. best thing. See, now I don't eat pudding because you know. It's so good. Yeah, but well, you do have cocktails, so you know you're yeah, not. It's I'm not. not I'm you're not, not totally saintly. No. <laughs> I'm fortunate. I don't have a sweet tooth, so pudding will be something that he hasn't had for a while. So I like trifle. I'm very okay. fond of trifle. I make tarts. I make lovely galettes or tarts. Yeah, easy. Know, easy, easy, lazy tart. And I often buy you the made pastry. a galette recently. I did. I yes, it I did. Very good. That's right. Well, I had lots of. Um, uh, peaches and, yeah, and delicious. I'm not sure they've been as good this year as plums not. have been great this year. I plums thought. have been fabulous. So tomatoes been, were rubbish too. Yeah, tomatoes were rubbish so. too. So, and so that sort of thing. So a tart. I'm I'm quite a fond. I'm quite fond, fond of, of a tart. tart. I'm fond of a tart. <laughs> I'm very fond of a tart. And what about kitchen disasters? Because I think even the most established hosts oh, yes. have have had times when it's gone wrong. So can you share one of those times? Yes. I mean, I think we we opened a cookery school. My, a friend yeah. girl a school. We'll uh, we went and. The night before we opened, I thought, I'm really nervous about this, so I will make the cake that we're going to serve. It was a lemon ricotta cake, and I will make it the night before, and then it will be done. We'll make one in the school, but we'll have one. So there's a little bit of security yeah. at the back of your mind. Here's one I prepared earlier. And all I can say to you all is always lick the bowl, because I put the cake in the oven, licked the bowl, and realised I'd use salt instead of oh, sugar. Oh, no. Oh, no. I wouldn't have known had I not licked the bowl, so there we are. Well, thank gosh. Thank God. Thank so you God. saved it. You I saved, saved it. it. I, well, I binned the cake and made another one, but... Uh... Yeah, I mean, that happens. I made a crumble on the weekend, and I was putting the crumble on and then realised I'd forgot... I, it was an olive oil crumble, but yes. I realised I forgot to put the olive oil in because I was like, this is very dry. And then I, <laughs> I had to sort of take it all out and try yes. and kind oh, yes. oh, hand-pick no. fruit out and that, then well, add the all fat. All this stirring the baking powder into the cake mix in the tin with the cocktail stuff. <laughs> We've all done that, haven't yeah. we? Damn, yeah. damn, plain flour, no baking bread. Ding, ding, ding. Yes, all of those. So you founded your own cookery school. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's a big undertaking to do that. I mean, what, what made you decide to do, to do I, that? Um, I taught cooking with Dallas Little's cook mm -hmm. School initially, and I just loved it. It was really nice. And in when I started mine, I mean, I think one of the reasons we were constantly voted one of the top three was because there were four, and, <laughs> and one of them was rubbish. You know, so so you know. But I, I'm going to take the take the yeah yeah take definitely take it. And um, I I loved cooking and I loved showing people how to cook and I thought you know it would be really nice and so we started I'd been to various classes and um, had decided that they were not what I would want to do and if, mm -hmm. you, if you can do your own it, it's so much better and what what because I mean that they they all vary but kind of you've got like leaths or you've got le cordon bleu yeah. and the le cordon bleu especially is very I don't want to be rude, but rigid, yes, exactly. kind of strict. Were you trying to? Ours you've got was, the River Cottage, which yeah. is the other end of the spectrum, which is very ours much about were home recreational courses. So okay. we did do some weekends, um, but mostly they were day courses where you could come down, and you would, because say we were on, we we're on the beach, so mm -hmm. you would go to the beach and you would buy the fish from the fishermen. So they nice. would tell you about you know how much cod there was in the sea or what he was doing. And then you would take the fish back to the school and you would prep it. So if you were doing fish, you would prep all the raw fish from the beach. 
and then get it ready and then we'd sit down and eat it. And, and that's quite, it's quite a scary thing. I once did a fish course mm-hmm. and, and, you know, prepping fish, you know, gutting fish. And mm. I, because of the Norfolk yes. thing, I've, I yeah. know how to gut a fish. Yes. But, you know, I didn't always. I now had to deal with a gurnard, which is this incredibly sort of spiky, very yes, kind of on guard fish. Yeah. And now I can, I can deal with that. And I learned that on a kind of afternoon course and it was great. And it yes. gave me so much more confidence, even as a kind of semi-confident cook, I would say. Well, we would do, you know, if you did, came on a game course, Round the room would be hanging the rabbits and the pheasants, all in feathers. Which can be fur. quite intimidating yes. oh, for people that don't. Very, know. very much so. And so we would do all of that. And it was the idea was to show you basic skills. I mean, because cooking essentially is about learning one or two things. I mean, cooking, my style of cooking, mm-hmm. um, one or two things, and knowing how to season because season is season probably is the, the, the key skill. Yeah. And and then thinking in your head, how's this going to go together? How do I want to cook? Mm-hmm. So I, I don't always get it right, but mostly I do. Yeah. So it's about kind of in giving people that intuition yes. for kind of home cooking. That's right. And I was very lucky because the girl I started the school with ran a local restaurant. So she had a lot of the know-how about health and safety. Okay. and I'm where rubbish to get with that. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just would come in and say, the star is in the building. <laughs> <laughs> and, and she used to get so... Understandably, poor girl. Because <laughs> she was doing all the hard stuff. And I was yeah. going, yeah. Here we go. Here just I mix am. this in. Yeah, mix it in. <laughs> and now, now you're back in London, and still often writing about food and, where, and recipes, yeah. and also where to eat. Because I know that you write about where to eat on yes. your own website as well. Do you have a favourite restaurant at the moment? So many all the time. Mm, so many. So all many, the time. So many. People ask what my, you know, what, what's my local restaurant? And Sardine is my local Sardine's restaurant, lovely. which is very, very good. But I've been going to Floor a lot. Have you been to Floor yet? I've been to Floor once. It's very good. I want very, to go back very for the good. buns. Yes. I went for lunch. I don't think I had the buns. I had um, the lovely clam flatbread. Oh, it's so every good. Every single time. And the anchovies. and Yeah, the potato flatbread. No. That's also good. Oh, right. No, that's the one. other flatbread, basically. Okay. The other flatbread. That's very good. And, and so that's that's really good. I think Wild Honey, that's moved mm-hmm. to St. James's, um, is absolutely sensational at the moment. Um, one of my favourites is Mortimer House Kitchen. Oh, with, with Lello. Well, oh, Lello's so lovely, oh, yes. isn't he? Uh, we've, we, did a, we did an episode, uh, oh, episode with him. He's brilliant. His food, he, he actually, actually bought some food into Damn. the studio. So it, was, it was great. Yeah. I know it was it was it was delicious, but yeah, I love his food. I think so it's do really I. interesting. And um, it's 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 locationally perfect for me because the Middlesex Hospital mm-hmm. stood opposite it, so I can kind of think that I was eighteen again. But also, the food is so lovely. I loved him at Lanima, and I love him. In fact, I'm going twice this week. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Love it. And what about fellow food writers? Because that that's another kind of exciting space. Do you have any people, kind of recipe writers out there, who you think are kind of you really enjoy what they're doing? I think Felicity Cloak is yeah, just fantastic. fantastic. She's, she's just had her book, which I, I haven't love, read. Oh, her book is it. laugh out loud it. funny. I need to read it. She did say that it could also be called Non Madame Serfermé <laughs> because of that business of you always going up to a French restaurant <laughs> thinking, oh, we've just got in under the bar. <laughs> No, no, it's not madam. Nothing. It's closed. Nothing. <laughs> and there's an, a wonderful bit when you look at about um, that you will take to your heart because being in London, you're trying to get a seat in a very busy restaurant, so you get there really early and, and grab a seat. Yeah. You you will laugh out loud when you read that bit. It's very funny. Okay, brilliant. Yeah, she's fantastic. She's very good. So I think you know. I mean, there are. We live in a golden age for food writers. A golden age for Asian food writers yeah. for everything, and and you know lots of vegetarian books. And, and I think fusion food as well. Yeah. Like it's you know it's still got that kind of slight mm-hmm. hangover from the kind of seventies yes. hangover. But you know it's so exciting. People even like at um 
Mortimer House kitchen. Yes, you know, you've absolutely. got Middle Eastern, you've got Italian. Yes, and you've also got um, you've got some of the new influences, like you've got the courgette spaghetti. Yeah, so but can, done well. But the, done the only place, where only place it's where it's done. Tasty. Which, yeah, it's which tasty. is because I think that he's cooked and eaten pasta before. Yes, I think that's that's and the also key he uses like a that. very small amount of the courgette. Mm-hmm. You know, so he's not trying to be economical with the you know, yeah. with what is quite honestly a fairly inexpensive. Yeah. <laughs> But it is delicious, that. Delicious. Very good. And it's not, it's, it does have, it's not entirely vegan. It has, I think it has no, ricotta or something it does. in it. Yes, it does it? have ricotta. Yeah. Yes. Because I think, um, whereas I would never preach to anyone what they had to eat, I'm, I, I, I eat most things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's not I, many dislikes. No, I did. I was at the St. John party last mm-hmm. week and the deep fried tripe was, I think, a challenge. Yeah. Gosh, I'd trust them to have tripe. That's brilliant. <laughs> so I know that you've... You know, you've you've clearly you've grown your own in the mm-hmm. past, yep. and famously you were the judge on BBC's BBC Two's The Big Allotment Challenge, which was all about growing one's own. That was a fabulous program, and it was really sad that it was cancelled. Yeah, but I'm, I feel I feel like it should have a revival. I mean, growing I grow my yeah. own tomatoes and yeah. really try and grow sort of you know things like aubergine, which I just fail to do, but. It, I think it's having a moment. It's coming back. It has. I mean, it, it was quite expensive to make. Mm. I have to say that, you know, those of us on that show would say, Bake Off, it's a bit of flour in a tent. <laughs> Whereas flour here... Flour and sugar in a tent, yeah. Flour and sugar in a tent. Whereas here... We, you we're know, actually growing things. We're actually growing things from March yeah. right the way through to the end of September. And just you're so imagine, dependent on the weather and everything. Imagine the production costs yeah. for that. Do you... Because you're in London now. Do you, do you get to grow your own now? Have I have a garden. few herbs. Okay, nice. So you have a little herbs. Yeah. I'm, I'm really lucky. I mean, where I live is sort of, you know, food central. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, a, there's an organic market. There's a regular market. Well, I was going to ask, you, I'm assuming you still pickle and pickle and jam? A little bit, much less. Um, my family, you know, have one of the problems being a food writer. Cupboards full of pickles. Cupboards full of pickles. And jam and marmalade. And jams, yes. <laughs> cupboards and cupboards. But I do still make, I tend to actually now make, although I haven't written about the more fermented, you know, easy, quick pickles. Yeah. Yeah, nice, like longer. quick pickle cucumber and stuff. Quick pickle cucumber, that's that. right, yeah. Do you have any kind of tips for people on, on kind of where to get their fruit? Because we all have this kind of slightly, you know, romantic idea of picking apples from the tree and actually half the time they're all mouldy yes, or, they're, you know, yes. picking strawberries. Where, where would you say, recommend for people to um, get there? I hate to make anyone feel guilty about where they buy their food mm-hmm. from because you know there's so much in life we can feel guilty yeah, about true so i think you just need to go to the place that looks best for you there are some supermarkets that are much better than others street markets are fine but you need to trust the stall farmers markets are fine it's it, you have to so develop, if you can get to one if you can get to them but again it's a question of trust they you know i've never seen the reason that all organic produce should look really pretty awful Mm -hmm. and sometimes on farmers markets they do yeah um there's not a virtue in buying it there's a virtue in them selling it of course Mm -hmm. do you have a favorite pickle or a favorite jam um raspberry jam raspberry jam yes just very simple raspberry jam and i do tend to make that a jar at a time so that's like 500 grams of raspberries 500 grams of sugar yep one jar eat it up Delicious. Think about it. Delicious. I think I'm mar- I'm a marmalade marmalade yep. girl. Yes, I yep. make marmalade. I bet you have a great marmalade recipe. Yep. Um, I, I think I I tend to use blood oranges and then put a, a big big whack of any sort of um, oh what ah can't think of it. It'll be on your cocktail tray. Oh. Alcohol. <laughs> Alcohol. Alcohol. Yes, but it's the bitter one. Um, oh, not not Campari. Campari. Sorry, Ooh, that's my favourite. Huge whack of Campari. D- in Campari your and blood orange marmalade. Yes. 
Oh, how divine. That's good. Delicious. Sticking to ingredients, the theme of ingredients, Mm -hmm. I always like to ask my guests which three ingredients should a home cook always have on hand to throw together a quick dinner party dish? Right, okay. Well, um, I think eggs are useful, Mm -hmm. but pasta too, you see. Because I spent a lot of time in Italy, one of the things I learned there was that pasta is the thing. It's about the pasta. In the same way that in Spain... When you eat paella, it's about the rice. It's about the rice, yeah. It's not about the bits on top. And they'll often give you the bits on top because actually the rice is the bit they mm-hmm. want. So in Italy, what I would do actually if I had to put a quick dinner party dish together is I would cook some pasta and just toss it with oil. Perhaps, I mean, you can warm the oil with um, some herbs, rosemary, mm-hmm. a bay, olive oil, um, olive oil, rosemary, bay, chilies garlic, Delicious. heat it, and yeah. then just drain so the pasta. Simple. Always keep some of the pasta water back to make the emulsion. Because that's what gives it that sort of real glossiness, yes, isn't it? Yes, and the real silkiness. And it makes the oil coat the pasta. So you keep about... Okay, so creating that sauce element yes, rather than it being... creates a sauce separate. element rather okay. than just oily pasta. Mm-hmm. And and that's really the simplest dish. Lots of black pepper, a bit of salt. Okay, so Delicious. eggs, pasta... Eggs, pasta, and butter. And butter. Because you can add butter to anything. It wouldn't really... Yeah, put some butter on it. Put some butter on it. Put some butter on it. <laughs> oh, even no, cheese. Cheese. Why not? Yeah, cheese. cheese. Yeah. Okay. You can have more than three. You can, can have, have four. more than three. Yeah, okay. yeah, you can Good. have four. Good. And if you can invite any three people in the world to your ultimate dinner party. This was tricky because I know that Nora Ephron's been to quite a few parties. She, well, she has. But I mean, you know... Yeah. But she, she's, a Deserving, part, so. she's a party girl. Yeah, yeah, she's, she's a party girl. She's a party girl. So, you know, you have to, you have to invite Nora. If you love food and you love literature, then yeah. Nora has to be at your table, doesn't she? Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. So she's going to be there. Um, Stanley Tucci. Oh, brilliant. You know, I food. dream of getting him on here one day. Oh, food, Italian, gorgeous. Yes, pasta, he'd just love yeah, that. Yeah, he'd just love that. He'd be fine. He'd cook the pasta. He, I was going to say, he'd probably get up and he'd start He'd do the pasta. The I could just do the cocktails. Okay. It would be absolutely Dreamy fine. combination. Dreamy combination. And then because I've got a really soft spot for him, I think it would have to be Danny Finkelstein from The Times. Okay, lovely. Because he's just gorgeous. He writes all about football, and I'm a huge football fan. Are you? Dog, oh, yeah. Of I wouldn't have seen, I wouldn't have seen no, that. No, I know. You see, I try and surprise people. Uh, Arsenal. <laughs> season ticket holder for many many years really oh yes gosh i loathe it when arsenal play the roads are blocked up and i know just get perfect you perfect. love it love it love, love it. it love it okay so so um football and politics football politics food yeah. storytelling storytelling good what pasta good pasta you know trifle. cocktail trolley trifle <laughs> you know we're going to be good it's going to be a fun evening brilliant well thank you so much and for anybody who doesn't already follow you, where or where is the best place to sort of find you and your writing? I and... think uh, Twitter's good. Yeah, you're uh, an avid twi- Twitter. I, and I have a Twitter. Twitter. A tweeter. Tweeter. That's it. I have a blue tick, or is it a white tick on a blue, blue background? T- oh, I don't know, but whatever. It's the thing to it's have. Thing. I've got one of those, and it's Thane Prince. On Instagram, I'm Thane E Prince because I was Thane Prince, but I couldn't find the password, and I wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't techie enough to know how to recreate. So there is a Thane Prince. There out is, there yes, somewhere. which is me. But I don't post on it because you I... must be able to get into that. Somewhere. I'm sure you would. But what do I do now? Where do I take my followers? Yeah. Oh. I mean, you can find. To be honest, it's I can. You can find you. You can find me. Yeah, yeah you, you can just find put me. it in. It's there. I mean, one of the joys of having my name. Is, is, is it's your name? It's my name. Yeah. No one else is called Thane Prince. And then you also have the website as well. I have the website, thaneprince.co.uk. And then if people could buy one of your books, one book for the preserving and the picking. Oh, it has to be preserving, does it? Um, I see, oh, yes, it could well, be. Well, yes. you know, no, one my, of them, my key absolutely books. absolutely favourite book 
is called well, it's called Hams, Pickles and Jams. Yeah, I was looking at that and this morning. And it's, it's a lovely book. I, you know, I'm not big on blowing my own trumpet, but that is a lovely mm-hmm. book. It's my favourite book. It's got a okay. hugely wide range of things in. And I wrote it when I first had my granddaughter. And I thought to myself, you know, they're so precious and little. And I thought, what is the safest she will ever feel? And I thought, you know, you're holding Granny's hand and you're standing at the pantry door and she opens it and it's full of all these amazing yes, things. And you're with your grandmother and you know that she would lay down her life for you. That's so lovely. And so that's that's my favourite book. Okay, perfect. So that's Hams, Pickles and Jam. Yes. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. That's brilliant. You're welcome. <laughs> enjoyed this week's episode if you liked it rate it review it talk about it share it and invite your friends around for supper this has been a studio 71 production thanks for listening and i'll see you next week Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.